Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Today, we're going to talk about AI and cybersecurity and the promises, myths, and reality of how the two can work together to keep businesses and customers more secure. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Gary Gasenov, CEO at Real Defense. Gary, welcome to the show. Hello, Greg. Good to be here. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this with you. Uh, why don't we get started by you giving a little background on yourself and what you're currently doing at Real Defense? I, I would love to. So I, I started in, uh, in the cybersecurity space in 2003. I launched a company called Cyber Defender. We were a consumer security company, but with about 2,000 employees, grew it quickly from zero to about $100 million in revenues. And then in uh 2015, I co-founded an influencer marketing company that brought TikTok to the United States. And then in 2017, I founded Real Defense. Real Defense is a holding company that acquires consumer brands, brands that are like in the privacy and security space. And we've done about five acquisitions. We're very profitable and growing. And we are in 4,000 retail stores. We're partnered with Dell, Lenovo, and some of the biggest brands in the in the device manufacturing category, got a couple of million or two and a half million subscribers and about 50 employees in the United States and 200 global. Great, great. So let's let's get started here by talking about cybersecurity and the promise as well as some of the myths of how AI or artificial intelligence can play a role in, in keeping companies more secure. So let's start with some background here. Uh, you have a background in cyber yourself, as you mentioned, and have seen this done well and maybe perhaps not so well at a variety of companies and organizations. What do even non-tech companies need to understand about cybersecurity just at a base level? Sure. I, I think one of the most important things, and the first thing I should say is education. It, it's you have, you obviously have to have the basic infrastructure in place, like blocking what I call blocking and tackling, which is your antivirus, the various different uh, technologies around spam protection and anti-phishing and password management and access controls. But more importantly, your staff and you as an operator needs needs to understand the basics of cybersecurity, what to do, what not to do how to react to social engineering attacks. Security has become sort of percolated more to the sort of the, the, the layer of the tech stack where it's not necessarily the sophistication of the attack that's difficult to deal with. Rather, it's, the, the lead, it's not so sophisticated. It's less sophisticated today. 
and to the extent that they're uh, the bad guys are using social engineering attacks. And so those are hard to identify, they're hard to block, and you have to rely on human intelligence a lot of the times, meaning you have to identify these threats on your own before you can you know, truly protect your organization. And I'm talking about the sort of the, the maybe the 5% of the threats are out there, not the, the 100% or the 95% of the threats, which are the sort of brute force attacks and, and violence and uh, denial of service attacks. Those, those you obviously need the technology for. Yeah. And in terms of, you, you've, you've mentioned artificial intelligence, the artificial intelligence as we understand it today is sort of in its early form. You have to remember that the artificial intelligence is, is just, at, we're just at the cusp of it. And, and a lot of it is still a lot of the stuff that, that we hear about artificial intelligence is hypothetical. The practical application in cybersecurity is around threat identification and anomaly identification. And so in a larger organization, for instance, if you're a bank, uh, banks use artificial intelligence to identify threats that are sitting inside of the organization to, to look, they look to look for unusual behavior in the account or unusual technology behavior, and then bring that behavior up to the human who can then make a decision whether or not that particular activity is fraudulent or maybe it's normal or freeze it until you figure out what's going on. So that's how AI is currently being used. Well, and certainly in, in all areas of, of the, the spectrum, AI is getting a lot of hype uh, in, in a lot of areas. Do you think that in terms of AI and cybersecurity, is the hype justified? Are we going to come through this and, and maybe there's some nominal gains, but uh, there, it's, it's, not really, it's not really living up to the hype? Or where, where, what do you think the, the potential there is for, for AI and cybersecurity? Well, first of all, the potential is amazing. I, I, I think that once AI gets better at being AI, meaning it's learned through machine learning, it's gotten a lot of data, it has the right direction from the human, it's gotten access to a lot of areas of the business so I can understand the, the logic behind certain activities and why those activities need to be maybe stopped or mitigated, it's going to get a lot better and less human interaction will be needed. That's the ultimate goal. Right now, and still till this day, a lot of threat detection is done by humans, meaning humans have to look at the threat, reverse engineer it, understand its impact, and more importantly, figure out how to put back what the threat has damaged. So you have to have remediation tools and all that. And so the human element of cybersecurity has not been eliminated or in the near term is not going to be eliminated. In the, in the long future, so let's say five to 10 years from now, my belief is that AI will get really good and it will identify threats that humans cannot identify or cannot comprehend. Now, the downside to all of this is that the bad guys are also using AI. Right. So right. that's the danger is that they're going to be using sophisticated algorithmic attacks that are designed and mitigated and managed by AI itself. And so that's the scary part. Before we continue, I'd like to introduce you to a sponsor of the show, 
Partner Hero. Customer service outsourcing has long been available mainly to large enterprise businesses with long-term contracts and onerous procurement processes. Partner Hero is challenging business as usual and bringing the benefits of outsourcing to small and medium businesses as well as startups. With short, flexible contracts and fast ramp-up times, Partner Hero is making customer support outsourcing a viable option for small and medium businesses and startups. It's perfect for companies with seasonality expecting a temporary spike in volume or that simply need to scale up. And their focus on quality means your customers will get an experience that feels like it comes from your team. If you're ready to bring in outside customer support help for your company that feels like it's part of your existing team, check out Partner Hero. Head on over to partnerhero.com agile, that's partnerhero.com A-G-I-L-E, to book a free consultation with their solutions team. Mention you heard about Partner Hero from the Agile brand and the way of the setup fee. Now let's get back to the show. You know, so you mentioned that a lot of the a lot of the AI right now, there's there's hypothetical benefits, but not necessarily realized. You know what what should businesses be doing along a number of things? I mean, what you just said was okay. The the people the the criminals on the other end of this are going to be using similar tools to the the prevention. So you know what what should a business or an enterprise be investing in right now so that they can at least stay ahead or keep up, keep up with things, knowing that, you know, maybe the full potential is not there yet. Well, definitely in, in the most core technologies that protect your organization, you should always be investing into. So the blocking and tackling of threats, right? Antivirus, the network security, all, all the technologies, depending on what kind of business you have and, and whether your employees are working from home where they're working from the office. The new environment that we're in today, the work from home environment is actually a lot more challenging because the devices that individual users or employees or contractors are using at their household have significant gaps in security. For instance, their internet connection may not be secure. Their home device that they're using, maybe they're using a, a personal computer, that may not be secure. And so you have to mitigate those those threats as best as you can and maybe invest into proprietary technologies or maybe invest into, you know, requiring all your employees to use some type of internet connection, using VPNs, tunneling and certain protocols when you connect through, you know, a, a, a public network, Wi-Fi, what have you. And so that's a big challenge. Productivity is going to be a challenge because as you add more complex layers of security and process, you're going to slow down productivity so that then you're going to be facing that and maybe change your policies, update your policies to reflect certain behaviors that your team needs to go through in terms of how they sign on to various different services, how you onboard and disboard your employees. If, if someone quits or, or you let someone go, you have to make sure that the accounts they've had access to have been blocked especially if you're using an offsite staff and they're working remote, that becomes even more problematic. And so there's more to do as, as a, if you have an IT organization in your company and you're dealing with this reality that we're all in, you're going to have more work. And so I think companies need to, need to take this seriously. And the other one, really important one, like I mentioned earlier, is education. You have to invest into educating your staff and constantly educating, not like one time and say, here's a PowerPoint, read it and be done. 
but rather, you know, once every six months, existing employees and new employees go through a training process where you explain how certain technologies need to be used, explain process, and then track compliance to that process. So if you tell everyone that they have to use a VPN to access certain parts of the organization, then you have to be sure that they're actually following your direction and use compliance technologies to track adherence to those policies. We do that in my company, in our call center. We use a lot of different technologies to track compliance. We even track certain utility of certain words or the utility of certain behaviors. And if we see certain behaviors that we don't approve of, we quickly flag that agent and re-educate them. And so this is extremely important education part. Yeah. And I mean, along those lines, I, I, I can see how adhering to those policies, it can feel to the, to the end employee, you know, it can seem cumbersome and, Hey, I just want to do my job and I'm sure everything's fine. But you know, what have you seen work that or work well that really gets employees to understand and, and really start following these? I mean, you, you mentioned some things to, to keep in mind, but you know, just curious what, what's, what's worked well and, and in a sustainable way as well. Well, a lot of them, first of all, employees don't want to be micromanaged. Yep. You know, no, but no one wants to be micromanaged. And what what's really important is to identify the problem that's quantifiable, very specific, and then explain to the employee the right way to do it. And not to talk down at them and say that they're not doing their job, but rather show specifically what they could do better and explain how you identified the problem and explain how to do it correctly. So we do that in our organization across any any activity where there's interaction with a customer. We track the we track the activity through each agent or or a salesperson or a customer service person and make sure that they're adhering to policy. And once and if they don't, we give them specifics around what that is. We'll say in this particular instance, you you know you interacted with this customer, here's what you said, you shouldn't have said it this way, here's how you're supposed to say it, please make sure that you adhere to the policy and here's kind of the standard we want you to follow. So if it's very specific, that you're going to have a very positive outcome. If you're more broad and general and, and not able to pinpoint the problem, then you're going to have a similar outcome. You're, you're going to have a person who doesn't know exactly what, how to fix it. And so they're going to continue making those mistakes and ultimately you know, they'll be punitive on your organization. And so, and, and there are tools for this. There, there are tools that analyze behavior. There are, there's AI, there are AI tools that are able to sort of mitigate the behavior and, to, and tell the agent, an employee, how to do it correctly in real time so that they can quickly resolve the problem if they've caused one or if they didn't follow policy or procedures. And so there are tools for that. And you, you can apply, there are, there are AI tools specific to, to certain industries and environments within those industries. So marketing automation to banking, finance, call centers, there's, there's AI almost in every vertical today. Yeah, that's great. So the, the last topic I wanted to talk with you about is uh, mergers and acquisitions. And there's certainly a lot of activity in that space for both cybersecurity as well as AI companies. 
so it seems seems relevant here. And you you yourself have acquired a it's it sounds like a dozen or so companies in your career. From this experience, I've I've acquired a couple companies and and been acquired a couple times as well. Um, you know, what are some of the things that you learned through this process? Well, it's it's been positive for us. I, you know, we're 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 really good at M and A, and and we pick the right targets. We know how to create synergies. We know how to reduce costs. You know, we 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 know how to optimize underperforming organizations. So we have, we have a lot of experience doing this. The biggest benefit you get from M and A, if you know how to do it, is growth it and scale without having to invest heavily into marketing and advertising. Those are the most sort of valuable benefits of doing M&A. I'll give you an example. So let's say you have a company doing $10 million in revenue and you want to double that revenue. Well, if your cost of marketing to get that $10 million in revenue is $2.5 million, arguably your cost of advertising to get to or marketing you have the 20 million in revenue could be at least double that amount. In other words, close to four or five million dollars. So you you could find a company out there that could cost you a little bit more than the cost of marketing, but get you to double your revenue in a much shorter time time frame than you would be able to do it on your own. And so th- that's one benefit. The second benefit is synergies. You've got if two companies are coming together and you've got the cost of running these businesses that you know could be lowered by by you know, having less employees, by having better technology, uh, maybe less office space, then you have created synergies, and those synergies reduce operating expense, therefore creating high profit margin. And so, this requires a lot of work. This requires a lot of very nuanced approaches to to writing your business. You have to have a really good management team that knows how to do M&A. You have to have a good legal team, advisors, uh, investment bankers who understand cash flow and, and understand how to mitigate acquisition risk, making sure you don't get sued or you don't end up in a lawsuit suing the company you just bought. And so it's, it's, it's an area that you have to be really comfortable with. And if you don't know how to do it, if you're afraid to do it, just don't do it. it, it but if you want to grow your business faster, M&A is the, probably the most efficient way to do that. Other ways is just more expensive and more time consuming because you have to create new channels, you have to go into new, go into new markets. And uh, a lot of businesses know that if, if you are selling something that costs you know thousands of dollars or more, the the sales cycle is so long that you you know you you you're much better off doing an acquisition of a competition or a competitor than sticking around and trying to get that business on your own. It's just you're going to find more efficiency in acquisitions that way. Yeah. How, so how is the hype around AI and and some of the you know the real benefits around AI has it changed the M and A market and and the cybersecurity world or what 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 are the trends there? Well, the most sort of obvious trend in, in in the AI world is that there's just a lot of funding going out. There are a lot, there's a lot of money being thrown at AI-centric companies, and arguably some of them are really valuable. You know, ChatGPT, obviously OpenAI being the biggest. 
And then there are a lot of derivatives of, of these technologies. There are probably companies who say they have AI when you don't really have AI, they just have right. really good machine learning. And, you know, AI is still, you can argue whether, whether or not we really have AI, right? AI is a term that's used loosely and, and not really definitive in terms of, do we have a computer technology or code that actually knows how to think for, on their own? And probably the answer to that is no, we don't. What we do have is really sophisticated machine learning that is more efficient than machine learning we had 10 years ago. I would say that's really what we have today. In, in five, five to 10 years, when we have bigger chips and, and more processing power available at the desktop level or even in the mobile level, then you'll have more sophisticated AI because this AI will need more processing power because it needs to chew through more data. And so the more data AI has, the better it will become. And, and, and that, is, that takes time and it takes processing power. So we're at the beginning stages and I think some of the signs are very positive. You have to be cautious, but we don't have this Hollywood uh, AI that, that, that we think about when we think about AI, like some rogue right. computer that has a behavior of a human being and can be rational and rational at the same time. AI is not designed that way. It's not designed to think like a human. A human brain is not pure logic. It's illogical. It's logical in parallel, which right. means that you're making decisions based on feelings and you know the, the, the weather outside and, and if, whether or not you have pain in your leg. You know, AI doesn't have those feelings. It doesn't know how to feel pain. And so it, it, it doesn't react to externalities. It reacts to data. And so I think we're far away from this kind of loose AI environment where AI can just do its own thing. Right, it, right. Nowhere near that. Yeah. Well, um, thanks for thanks for joining today. I got one last question before we wrap up here. So, going back to the the first topic that we were talking about, you know, if you were if you were to have one piece of advice for a business considering investments in cybersecurity as well as in AI and you know the combination of the two, you know, what what should they be doing uh, as they navigate the months ahead? I would invest. First of all, I would do a lot of research. Uh, there is a lot. There are a lot of tools out there for AI. Like I mentioned earlier, I would do research and figure out which tools are appropriate for the industry that you're in. I would engage in. You know, I would maybe even dedicate someone in my in your company that understands machine learning, AI, big data analytics, and maybe it's your business intelligence team that those folks seem to know how how AI works the best and all, or your technology team and have them do the research and put together options, you know, maybe five or six companies that you should consider in, in utilizing and then stop, start doing a deep dive into what this AI really does. Is it really AI? Is it, you know, some derivative of AI? Is it really efficient in terms of its impact on the organization? Does it create more work versus less work? What's the benefit at the end of the day? Is the benefit clear? Is it defined? And is your team that you're deploying this AI through on board with using the AI? And, and, and are they happy with, with, the, with the results? And so there are a lot of questions there. I think you, you've got to do the research. You've got to get underneath the tech and you know, call customers of theirs and talk to them and see how they're using it. Do your diligence. There's a lot of unknowns out there. There's a lot of you know, good sounding names and good sounding 
tech, but it, at the end of the day, it doesn't really work. And so you have to really know what you're doing. There, that there, there's no real clear definition or standards. It's all defined by the entrepreneurs themselves. You got to take it with a great assault. Yeah. Well, no, that, that's great, great advice. Again, I'd like to thank Gary Gasenov, CEO at Real Defense, for joining the show. You can learn more about Gary and Real Defense by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.